The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, grant your people grace to withstand the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil, and with pure hearts and minds to follow you, the only God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Father, we invite the holy presence of the Lord Jesus uh, with us now. He is wisdom. And Lord, we're in Gregory House that we might gain wisdom. Uh, wisdom as servants of the church. Wisdom as next generation leaders and artists. Wisdom theologically. Wisdom biblically. Lord, we desire to give ourselves, to sacrifice our lives, as you have taught us, Lord Jesus, in your ultimate sacrifice for the sake of people who don't know Jesus, for the sake of those who are living on margins, who are living in unseen places throughout this world. And we want to sacrifice ourselves. And we ask that you would train us today, especially as we learn more about how you've made us so that we can give ourselves. And we just thank you for John being here with us and providing just the years of knowledge and wisdom he has gained um, as a leader in the church and a leader in the marketplace. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys, John is going to primarily lead our session on Strength Finder work and, and the components of that. I want to just give, and I'm going to give a pretty brief, just quick introduction, short Bible study as we go into this time uh, together. And so if, if you've got your Bibles, um, open up to, to Romans 12. Classic passage that you guys all know well, but a great passage for us to reflect on as we look at the Strength Finders sort of uh, process and the gifts that are there. I'd like to just look at this briefly and kind of frame this up for, uh, for why we're doing this this morning and why I think this is so important that we do this. I want to read to you from Romans 12, verses 3 to 8. <clears throat> For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself or herself more highly than one ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace, and you guys know the, the word there's also gift, according to the grace, the gift that's given to us, let us use them. Great. So the quick words here. All right. Um, what we have here and what we want to learn about is how has God strengthened you? What strengths has the Father in heaven providentially put into your mind, into your makeup, into that which makes up your person, thereby your personality? Uh, what has he given you to do? And, and so what is the grace? And grace and gift are synonymous in Koine Greek. You've got this wonderful interplay, grace and gift, the gift of God, the grace of God, the grace given to you, the gifts given to you. So it is very important that we know the gift given to us, the grace given to us. In this way, there's an appropriate understanding of how God has made you. Now, this can move into a kind of unhealthy introspection. It can move into an unhealthy self-absorption. And one of the things I love about the Strength Finders process, uh, more than the other three or four or five 
different sort of gift discernment things I've been a part of over 30 years of ministry is I feel like it is best of all those in helping you understand what God has put in you so you can give it to others. I think it leads toward the least unhelpful introspection. Some introspection can be helpful in our lives, but a lot of introspection is unhealthy. And even for you guys, generally, in your, kind of your phase of life and where you guys are and your maturity and development, you can be very prone to some unhealthy introspection. Um, I do think that while the Enneagram can have its, its, its helps and its additions, it really can be a tool for remarkable self-introspection and even absorption. I mean, uh, oh my goodness, you know, one, one, one musician wrote a, a song for every Enneagram number. And I found it intriguing. I listened to a couple of them, but I also found it a bit much. Um, so how is it in the gospel that we step into knowing our gifts, knowing our callings without becoming self-absorbed? I think Strength Finders is a great tool for that. And we, we, we see this here. It's a grace given to us, verse 3. So as we receive these graces, as we receive these gifts, if we understand them as gifts, then we logically understand that we may not think of ourselves more highly than we want, right? I mean, that's, that's, it's just so logical. If it's a grace, if it's a charisma that's given to you, then you wouldn't think of yourself more highly because you didn't give it to yourself and you didn't earn it. Now, this is not to say the strength should not be developed. Actually, what you're going to learn about, about your, your calling and your gifts should be developed. They should be matured. But it is to say, you didn't make yourself this way. And that's really important to Paul as we understand this. So you're given these gifts. You're given this for what? To build the church and to bring the lost. We learn these things about ourselves so we can build the church. We can edify the church. That also gets us, and I'll speak on, teach on prophecy, you guys. In about a month, I think I teach on prophecy. But these kind of gifts of the Spirit, which includes the gifts we're going to learn about, gifts the Spirit's given us, are we can build up the church. We edify the church so that what? We can bring the lost. As you're learning these things, and as John is teaching us today, keep thinking about, okay, how does this help me build the church to bring the lost? How does this particular charism of mine or the charism of a brother or a sister that I'm going to learn about how would that help me to work with them to build the church? How could I work with them to bring the lost? Let that animate all that we're going to be learning about um, the strengths that we have been given. Two, we see that, in, according to Paul, we belong to each other. So that we, though many, are one body in Messiah, in Christ, and individually members one of another. So we belong to each other. It's one of the things I have loved, and as a leader, why it's been so important for me to learn things like Strength Finders, and again, it's been the most helpful to me as a leader, is I need to know more about you. And it actually be very helpful for you to know more about me. So this actually helps us to get to know one another better. And I love that, right? Because A, it's just such a joy to learn more about you. And it's just the, the mystery of a person, and they get to know the person. But also as a leader, I'm responsible to make sure that if I have authority over you, I have authority over Will, I'm making sure that I get Will in the best place that I can so that he can build the church and bring the lost. That's, that's, that's one of my responsibilities as a spiritual father within a ministry is to go, okay, how do I get my spiritual kids in places where they can thrive and where they can do well? Um, and if they're not doing well in the situation, this is part of a ministry residency, by the way, is there'll be things you will do that you won't do well in. As I talked about this with you guys two weeks ago, that, that we kind of designed this program so you'll get into stuff where you're not very good at it, um, right? We're, we're not trying, I don't want you to get A's. You should get C's as ministry residents or we're not doing our job well, 
All right? If you're, if you're getting all A's as ministry residents, we've done a poor job of giving you enough challenge, giving you enough stretching, giving you enough new things. So you're, you're trying to get C's. So what happens is we're also finding out, okay, how do their strengths merge together in their own personality and with others so that long-term in the kingdom of God, you can do sustainable, right, rich, gospel-changing ministry. And learning stuff like we're going to learn today will help you do sustainable, rich, gospel, life-changing ministry over the long term. So that's another reason why this is so important that we're doing this and why I'm, I'm just so glad for it. Um, one of the great kind of payoffs of ministry, and for those of you that will ultimately be called into full-time ministry or church leadership of uh, different kinds, here's one of the great payoffs is you get to do it together. Uh, so for years, um, early on, Catherine taught at Wheaton Academy. And, um, and Wheaton Academy was scrappier than uh, the salaries were not a whole lot. Um, but even though they weren't a whole lot, they mattered in our family income. But Catherine always forgot, this is back when they just gave you a check and you brought it home and we'd deposit it, right? Catherine always forgot her checks. Like she would go a month or two months and her checks would be sitting in her like, Catherine, you know, faucet, ruck, mailbox thing. <laughs> and I, who do the home missions, would be like, every, every two weeks, I'd be like, where's the check? I, I need the check to go into the account so we can make our cash flow work. Oh, yeah. She'd say, I forgot my check. And so many folks in ministry are like Catherine. They actually forget that the payoff, that the check, the, the, the way in which you actually get a sense of, if you will, remuneration is not going to be financial in ministry. It's going to be each other. You are each other's payoff. And not just that, it's each other together on a team, seeing people's lives transformed by the gospel. Don't forget your paycheck, is what I want to say. The reason why I want you to learn about this and learn how God's made you and how you can work together is because this is the payoff. This is the joy. The joy of working on a team with three or four or five or six or seven people and seeing all the gifts and all the strengths working together and intermingling, even being able to go, oh my word, like look at them as they're activating. Oh my word, look at them as they're arranging. Wow, that's ideation right there. Wow, that, that person's individuating. I mean, it's such a joy for me as a leader to watch all that happen. That's my payoff. That's the paycheck. Do not leave the paycheck. Make sure you get it and you cash it. Um, and then finally, there's a great exhortation from the Apostle Paul. Uh, Having gifts different according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And um, there is Pauline pragmatism at its best. I would not ultimately call Paul a pragmatist. Um, I think he was too much of a theologian to be an ultimate pragmatist, but he had a pragmatism. Why? Because he was on the field doing the work all the time. So he has these pragmatic phrases like this one, let us use them. So not only are we learning this, you guys aren't just learning this in a theoretical environment or a kind of, again, introspective environment. Oh, now I get to know more about myself and self-actualize. You're learning this for the sake of the ministry. You're learning these things for the sake of the gospel so you can build a church and you can bring the lost. Um, so as you learn these, use them, build them, develop them. You're responsible for them. God's given them to you, these strengths. Um, and learn other people's strengths and help them use their strengths. So not only are you going to use your own, but as you're leading teams and you're discipling others, learn their strengths and help them use them. So we build the church, we bring the lost. All right. So thanks for you guys just kind of getting in here on an early Bible study. And John, I'm going to hand off to you. So my dad, John Walker, just retired two months ago after, dad, I was trying to do the math, but 35, no, 40, 
40 years. Um, wow. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm personally thankful for as he's uh, supported my, up, my upbringing. Um, and 40 years of work in human resources, pretty much the whole time in human resources since grad school. Um, and I actually got to work with my dad for two years um, from Camcraft, where he just retired from. And I got to see um, his human resource work in action, which includes the things you think about with human resources of hiring and um, you know, processing payroll and leading teams and all of that. But I got to see him also um, lead their leadership development, which was for like the whole class of managers that were coming up in through the company. Um, and that was really fun to get to see my dad um, lead and teach and see kind of one of his key passions is what Stuart was talking about, is really developing people's gifts to grow into the work that they're doing um, and not just trying to make sure they do a good job and get the work done. So that's been really fun to see my dad do that development work, and he's done that for a long time. Another important thing to know about my dad is... Um, he is the chairman of the board at Wien Bible Church and has invested a lot there and has been on and off that board for, I don't know, 20 years, maybe, <laughs> 15 years. Um, and so that's another place where he um, invests and does a lot of leadership. And actually, unlike the vestry at Resurrection, that board does a lot of hiring work and staff arrangement work um, and does a lot of work that some of the senior team does here with, obviously in conjunction with Wien Bible senior team. So he's been doing that same work there at Wien Bible Church. Um, and he now is retired, which is a great joy because he gets to be with my three boys who love him so much. And he gets to be yeah, with them even more than he already was. So um, dad, I'm thankful that you were able to be here and as Stuart and I were talking about the teachings of this, we did talk about StrengthsFinder being the one that has really helped us the most as a leadership team. And so in our time, when I was on senior staff doing um, executive pastor work, that is definitely the one that helped us understand our team, helped us understand when something was going well, when something wasn't going well, helped us in hiring and making sure the team we were bringing someone on to really had the right mix of gifts. So. It was one that we used a lot, um, formally and just informally in conversation. And so I'm glad that this is happening now for this group. And I would encourage you one thing, don't like keep it here. You know, you can go back to your team, to your supervisor and talk to them about what you've been learning um, and see, you know, just how they think of that and what that contributes to the team. So I'd encourage you to do that later. But here you go, Dad. Well, good morning. Um... So my natural inclination would be to be down there where Stuart was and be a little closer to you. But for whatever reason, Amy told me that I needed to be up here. And I found that things go much better when I do exactly what Amy tells me to do. That's fair, John. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> Obviously, we love each other so deeply. Um, so it is a privilege and a pleasure to be here with you today. And um, I don't say that out of some just attempt at being polite or 
some perfunctory uh, fashion because you guys are uh, watching over three little souls go by the names of uh, Wesley, Ethan, and David, uh, my grandchildren. And for that, I am deeply appreciative to you. So I feel like I owe you a lot. Um, so it is indeed a privilege uh, to be with you. So we're going to we're going to try to take a whole lot of content and include it in this time. And Amy, you'll kind of give me like some cues. Okay, I don't want to violate the time that we have. So you all did the uh, Clifton Strengths Finders assessment, and um, there's a lot of content to that. Uh, I've gone through the process of getting certified as a Clifton's uh, Strengths Coach. And um, kind of uh, building out of the assessment are three tracks. So there's the individual development track, and that's kind of, we're going to look at that. There's a team track. We we're going to look a little bit at that. And then there's the leader of a team. And so there's various exercise applications and content. Now, normally, like when I did this at Camcraft, where I just retired from, we took about 30 people through uh, Clifton Strengths Finders. Um, we did actually two sessions like this and four one-on-one -on -one coaching, kind of in-depth coaching sessions. And so obviously we, we can't do that, but I did want to, and I, and I ran this by Stuart, um, if it would be of any value to you um, and you would like to go a little deeper on this, I would be like to offer to anyone who's interested to have one or two one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, and obviously at no charge. And uh, just let me know, get a hold of me, and we can uh, tailor something specifically for you. Uh, and only if that's a good use uh, of your time. Stuart, I so much appreciate you framing this up from a scriptural perspective. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm just about eight years short of a divinity degree, but uh, I still sometimes have perspectives on it. And one, one of the things that, as I've studied uh, these strengths and the, and the whole process, is that I kind of see the whole strengths approach as sort of a common grace corollary to spiritual gifts. And so, unlike the spiritual gifts, um, are given to believers, uh, these strengths are given to everybody. And um, just a tremendous amount of um, uh, depth that we can have to understand one another. So uh, the, the other thing is, in terms of the diversity of the way God uh, creates creation and us, is just very intriguing to me. Um, one of my favorite animals is a bird, hummingbird. I just, th I just find them just amazing little creatures. Uh, but as I was kind of studying about them, I found out that there are actually 365 different uh, types of hummingbirds, which I thought, wow, you know, that's, that's a tremendous amount of diversity in one little animal. And I think that, I don't know for sure, but I think that God 
wants to create in that way because we need that many different facets to reflect his glory. And so if you think of like a really beautiful, huge diamond, like the Hope Diamond or something bigger even, all the different facets that are cut into that are to reflect the light. And so the diversity that God includes in his creation is to help us reflect God's glory. And even then, we do only a very limited job of that. Someday we'll, we'll do much better. So um, on the coaching piece of this, which we won't get into today, there's a couple books I'll just mention to you uh, that could kind of maybe support this effort. One is from Gallup, which it's the manager. So the whole Clifton Strength Finder comes from the Gallup organization. Uh, the other one is by a, a guy named Michael Bun Bungay Stainer called The Coaching Habit. Of the two, this is the one I probably recommend the most. This is, this is really a good book as you're wor working with people and coaching them. Now, I think sometimes some of us, and, and, and maybe particularly in ministry, we have a temptation to do more for a person than is good for that person and then ultimately can really bury us as we're doing more than we should. And this, this, neither one are written from a Christian perspective, but this is really good, has a lot of online uh, resources embedded in it as well. So just a couple books to consider. Okay, so let's get rolling. Now, uh, I know this is like really uh, difficult to do, but I would at least like to hear your names because I've, I've read all of your assessments. And so, so why don't, Will, right? Yes, Will. Okay, Will. Now, how about back here? Christy. Christy, okay. Matt. Matt. Christina. Okay. Juliana. Juliana. We met. And Caleb. Caleb, right. Good, good, good. And Stuart, I also sent this to your wife, Catherine. Yes. And so she's going to get that done. And that, should, that might, I don't mean she's done it before, but if not, that might be kind of interesting. She's never, she's never done it. She's always wanted to. So. Good, good, yeah, good. I'm going to sign her up for coaching sessions. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a delight. That would be a delight. So you can, um, we got... So what we're going to do today is we're going to go through a PowerPoint just to kind of frame things up from a content perspective, uh, at least take a run at that. But this is not going to be me talking and you sitting there listening the whole time. We, uh, we're going to be doing some exercises to try to uh, work through our understanding of how our results came out. And so you can see my top five up there. If you can read that up there. And then I like this, um, I like this quote. Um, talent hits a target that no one else can hit, but genius hits a target that no one else can see. I'm a philosopher. And what we'll find with these strengths, that kind of the really fun part about these strengths, someone who has like their number one or two strength and, and whatever strength of the 34 it is, they can see things that we don't even see if we don't have that strength. 
They can sense things. They just immediately get it. And that, that's really uh, a great thing. So kind of the whole Gallup philosophy is the key to success is uh, to understand what your talents are and, uh, and your strengths and then apply them to your everyday life. So one, one thing that Gallup really works at is trying to make this very uh, performance oriented, very behavioral focused so that this understanding that we have is really uh, about uh, affecting what we do. So just some definitions and, you know, everyone's got to kind of understand their own limitations. And I know that I have this uh, problem of wanting to go into too much detail. So I try to work against that and uh, keep moving along. So if, I, if I'm overcompensating and going too fast, then just raise your hand or shout out and let me know. So a talent uh, is... Uh, a naturally occurring uh, pattern uh, of thought, uh, behavior, or feeling that can be used. And so, you know, right off the bat, we get into what uh, Stuart was pointing out earlier, is that it's interesting with Gallup. It's not a Christian organization at all. I've been to a num many of their meetings, and believe me, they're not. Well, one of the things that, that they're getting at, I think, that is biblical truth, and they're just getting at it because it's truth, is that these things that we have are innate. It's not like we don't say, hey, I really think that ideation strength is cool. I think I'm going to try to be that. That's not, you either, and this is like, it's really kind of dogmatic in a way. You either have it or you don't. Either you were given it or you weren't. And, and it doesn't do any good, to, even no matter how much you might like it, to try to act like you have it if you don't. So this, so talent, this pattern of thinking and reoccurring pattern, then is sort of, you think of almost like potential in you. But that doesn't mean it's necessarily a strength. It's just a potential strength. Um, so the strength then, they define as the ability to produce uh, positive outcomes, uh, near-perfect performance on, on a consistent basis. Now, weakness, they define as just anything that gets in our way uh, from being successful. So it could be um, a lack of a strength, or it might be a misapplication of a strength. It could go either way. So I'm going to give you some materials in a little bit here. The talent theme, so like if you think about like activator, activator can have many different expressions. So activator is kind of just a theme cluster. And, it, and there can be a lot of diversity even within that one strength. And a lot of the diversity flows out of what are your other top five or 10. So as I read these, that your, your assessments, you would be perhaps surprised that what activator might be described for one person can be really different than for another person, basically colored by what their other top five are, or 10. And then, uh, so that's a, so activator then is a talent theme. And you know, they really, they probably would have been better off to say Gallup's themes, 
But Gallup strengths market so much better that they kind of wanted to go with that. And then a skill is just the ability to work through the steps on doing something in a way that um, is very successful. So all this was created by uh, Donald Clifton. And you know, one advantage of having been around for quite a while, like I have, is that you get a chance to get exposed to certain things. So I had a chance to meet Dr. Clifton on two occasions, and he's very famous in psychological circles. Um, but, you know, back in the day, he's the one that began to develop this whole strength finder approach. And some others like Marcus Buckingham and others have joined in over time. Um, we probably don't have time to go into a lot about Donald Clifton, but he was in World War II. He was a, he was a, a bomber uh, uh, crew member. And so he spent a lot of his time in World War II bombing, you know, people. And that just, just, he couldn't shake that off. And so when he got out of the military, he wanted to do something that was positive. He felt so bad about the destruction and then he came up, and you can see his quote there. So interestingly enough, you know, getting back to God's diversity, um, the odds of two people having the same top five signature themes. So your top five themes, they call the, your signature themes. To have the same top five in the same order are one in 33.4 million. So kind of amazing. Okay, so kind of two different approaches to personal development, and maybe you're thinking of it now, just to, like this whole Gregory House, and I, I don't understand it fully, but is really focused on your growth and development so that you in turn can serve the church, you can serve other believers, you can seek, serve seekers, your family. And so there's kind of two approaches. The traditional, conventional approach that has been very much a part of our educational system it, uh, is, number one, identify performance gaps and areas for improvement. So you do an assessment to identify the gaps and then develop a plan to address those gaps. This has a, a kind of a presupposition that all behavior, behavior can be learned, which Gallup challenges that. And it also has another assumption that the best in any given role uh, display the same sort of recipe of behaviors. In other words, everybody who's successful is like this one certain way. So uh, Clifton comes along and uh, he says, you know, that's got some truth to it, but there's a lot more to it than that. Uh, and so he says, let's, Let's not start by identifying our weaknesses, our gaps. Let's, let's try to start by identifying what are our talents and what are our strengths. And so Gallup, uh, and I've been to their headquarters, they are an incredibly research-oriented company. They are just really deep in research. And so they really went to town trying to uh, identify and being able to measure these strengths. And then focusing not on closing gaps, although, you know, that has some legitimacy, of course, but really leveraging on strengths. So the whole idea 
is of building on strengths and managing weaknesses. Now, that doesn't mean, though, and this is a temptation, just by the way they lay it out, that does not mean that we ignore weaknesses. But, but it's just basically, if you stop just for a moment and think, how much sense does it make to try to build on weaknesses? It's like we think of a foundation. That makes a really not a great foundation. It just doesn't make sense. But to build on strengths, you can't build two or three-story edifice on weakness. You can on a strength. You can make a skyscraper on a strength. So what they would say is that fixing weaknesses, the old approach, can, if you're successful, prevent failure. But building on strengths creates success. Um, it presumes that only some behaviors uh, can be learned. And so if you have, uh, don't have a certain strength that would help you learn certain behaviors, um, it may not happen for you. And they would say the best performers in a given role deliver the same high level of outcome using different behaviors, depending on their strengths and the combination and the synergy of their strengths. So they would say, you don't have to change to be successful. In fact, embracing the way we would say God has made you and given you strengths is the best way to be successful. So we already mentioned that next point. And one thing about strengths, when you see them, this, this I think, sorry, I appreciate what you had to say about a lot of the joy and and life is seeing other people and being close to them and working together. And when you see somebody who has a, one of their top strengths and you see it in action, the thing about these strengths is that they're quick and they're powerful and they make a difference. Yes. Uh, they, they just change things. That's why leadership is so important. It just, it just changes things. So a little more thinking on this. You don't have to be all things to all people. And some of us, you know, we have this sort of, you know, this sort of handicap where we really want to be that. We want to please. And um, you just can't do that. Not totally. So they, their thought is you can't be anything you want, but you can be more of who you are. And so that's sort of the whole strategy. You know, so I remember as a kid, you know, being told you can, you can be anything you want to be. And that is, if you take even two seconds to think about that, that is so untrue. I mean, when I was young, there was no chance, there was minus probability that I would ever play for the NBA. That was absolutely not going to happen. I was never going to be in the choir. And so it's like, you know, they say you can't do anything you can't do anything you want to do. But it is possible to be a better version of who God has made you. So the whole thing then is the talent is a kind of a natural way, reoccurring pattern of thinking, feeling. And now we want to, and this is, this is like really important, we want to invest in those strengths. And you invest in those strengths by spending time becoming aware of them, practicing the skills associated with them, uh, and, you know, building your knowledge uh, base. And then, uh, then, then you can make it a strength. 
So just because you have a certain, uh, what they call a strength or we would call a theme, doesn't mean yet that it is a strength. Because number one, you might not even know you have it. And number two, you haven't developed it. So we move from themes and then all this practice and then they become a strength. So that's you know just sort of reiterating kind of what we're talking about there. So how do we get to know the strength? So that's where Gallup has spent a ton of time figuring that out. And uh, you know your, your, your greatest strengths then are these, um, they've, they've uh, narrowed it down to 34 different strengths and they're kind of there in that collage. And so what I'd like to do now is I'd like to pass out to you, Amy, would you mind helping me out? Um, a couple of things, a number of things. That's that. And then that, sorry to give you so much. Okay, so there's different um, versions of strength finders uh, that you can that you can use. Uh, I like to use what they call the full 34 report because this is the most uh, extensive report that Gallup has, and um, we obviously don't have time to go through this. Uh, in detail, but if you do want to do a one-on-one -on -one coaching thing, we can we can get at that. So I I just wanted to you know my main goal here is just to kind of just give you an idea of what all this contains, and then you'll need to to if you want to uh, look at this more in depth. So I kind of like the DNA helix they, the motif they use at the top, and uh, you'll see that they list all 34 of your strengths. I happen to be looking at Amy's here. Uh, from number one through number five, and they're in bold print, are your signature themes. And they feel like these are your strongest themes or strengths. Now what I've also, what Amy passed out to you, uh, just a couple of reference sheets that will help you uh, maybe understand all the different themes. Uh, so that's what, the, what those um, handouts are. And so then, you know, you, if you wanted to draw a line under number five, so your top five are your signature themes, but another number that they would talk a lot about are your top 10. And so you could draw a line under number 10. Your top uh, five to 10 are really operative in your uh, makeup. This is what you have been given. Uh, assuming, assuming the accuracy of the assessment. Now, uh, one thing that I'd like to point out, try to point out, is that I've never come up to an exception to this thought. Uh, it, it might exist, but whatever you're using to assess something is always less complex than the thing you're assessing. 
So if you think of like the latest, most sophisticated MRI machine, super complex, super sophisticated, but much less sophisticated than the human brain that it might be trying to image, right? So don't expect more from these kinds of tools than they're capable of providing because um, human personality and makeup, as God has created us, is very rich and very complex. And, and this is just trying to help us understand it. But this is uh, simple compared to what we're trying to measure. So the other thing is our family love to go to the national parks um, and places like that. And we have good memories, don't we, Amy, of going to Yosemite and Rocky Mountain National Park. And, and I, I want to give you kind of a comparison. So if you're going to somewhere like Yosemite and you're going to hike to Upper Yosemite Falls, you're on this trail, and you'll probably have seen these. There's these little trail markers. Might be a little triangle or a circle, and they might be tapped into a tree or down even on the ground uh, in cement. But those are those you only get about every half a mile or every mile. And sometimes you can kind of wonder, am I still on the trail? And then you'll see one of these little markers, and you go, oh, this great feeling of relief. I am. So that's one thing. The other thing is driving down I-90, and you have a sign about every 100 yards, <laughs> right? right? You're coming to this turn. You're almost there. Here it is. Turn right. <laughs> and then if you got Siri going, you got or ways or whatever. This is much more like the trail signs on the National Park, right? So don't over-rely on it, but you can use your intelligence to use the, the clues from this to help figure things out. All right, so we have number one through five, one through 10. Then you have the middle grouping, which kind of go from, you know, I mean, and this is like roughly speaking, from 11 to like 28. And then after 28, from 29 on down, and again, not this is not like a concrete, it might be a little different for each person. But then from 29 to 34, they very diplomatically call the your lesser themes. <laughs> which really means, don't try to fake these. You do not have these. Now, yeah, Will. Uh, basically, roughly speaking, 29 and below. And so, and sometimes it's funny, you know, it's like, there's a lot of things going on as we look at these results. So I'm like in human resources for most of my career, almost all my career. And I'm thinking there's certain one of these themes that would be really good to have if you're a human resource leader. And I did not have them. <laughs> you would think people development didn't have it. Wow, man, that bummed me out because I just thought, man, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, I hope nobody, I hope my boss doesn't get a hold of this. But um, the reality is, and we'll get to this a little bit later, you have to own your weaknesses in the same way you own your strengths. And this is where we give, as believers, we give God the glory. God gave us what he gave us because that's what he wanted to do. And that emanates from his holiness and his goodness and it's the right thing, no matter what we wish. So we have. So there's a certain amount of humility. Humility is 
an unbelievably important characteristic of great leaders. Jim Collins in his book, it's been around quite good to great, that's one thing they discovered in their research. So then, and we got, see here I'm doing what I said, I, I told you I was gonna do this, I'm going into too much detail, so I gotta move along. So page number two, we can, you can read that later. And so then what happens on your top five, your signature themes? So Amy's, and you'll see this a little bit later, Amy's number one theme is strategic. That came out number one. So you can see there for yours, whatever it is, it says how you thrive. And then why you're, why you're in Amy's case, strategic is unique. Now, the dialogue that follows there is what strategic looks like for Amy based upon her complete assessment results. So when you, if you wanna look online where you took it, there's like four documents and there is like a generic description of strategic. But this one is customized, colored by all your others. And then why you succeed using strategic. And then taking certain actions that you can take to maximize your potential and whatever that strength is. So if, if yours is um, context or if yours is, um, you know, activator or whatever it is, it'll give you ideas, again, clues as to what you could do to really strengthen that. Think about like exercising, whether it's running or lifting weights or whatever it is. It's you, you have to work hard to, to exercise that muscle, then it becomes strong. So this is the exercise. And then on every one, it has blind spots. So a curious thing about strengths is that strengths can boomerang on you and cause you problems. And so they kind of throw a couple of blind spots out for you that you might want to consider. Now, and then um, you'll notice at the top, that it will say, like Amy's second is activator. And then it says influencing, we're gonna get to, so they divide all the strengths into four domains, four categories, and we're gonna get to that a little bit later. Um, so that repeats on your top five strengths. And then on six through 10, it kind of drops down a little bit and um, gives you not quite as much information but uh, still some really good information on six through 10. Then they give you some ideas about how to, um, to deal with weaknesses and that type of thing. If you turn to page 21, I really like this page. And we'll talk a little bit more about these four domains. So they say the four domains are executing strengths. These are strengths that help you get things done. Influencing strengths are the strengths that help you really move the direction of the organization or uh, influence other people. Relationship building strengths and then strategic thinking strengths. And you'll see the distribution of your top 10 strengths uh, under those four categories. And um, then at the very end, like, uh, starting on page 23, it gives you a little bit more, uh, just a little bit more of a definition 
of those different strings. Now, so that's why I want to, this is more what you're going to need to look at yourself. Now, often in a group, there's somebody who's like really process oriented. And so if anybody wants it, and I would only encourage you to, to get a copy of this if you do want it, is the technical report on how they do all the assessment, the frequency of the different strengths. I have one copy, and Amy, if anybody wants it, I'll, you, I'll leave it, and you can make, or have someone, whoever, make copies. Okay, little quiz. What is the most rare number one strength? The one that is the, occurs the least as a person's number one strength. Do you have any, just any guess? That's a really hard quiz. I'm sorry? I can't hear you. No? No? no. It's command. It's command. Yeah. And you know, when I first went through this, I have to admit, there were certain of these that I really had an attitude against. I thought, command, that's so top down. That's so, I mean, that's like old school. I mean, nobody wants that. <laughs> and now, I'm going to, and I don't want to offend anybody. I would, I would really not want to do that, but I'm just kind of confessing to you. Like Harmony, I thought, which is Brian, one of Brian's. Yeah, I thought, I'm not Harmony, and I don't want to have Harmony. <laughs> I don't like it. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right to me. But that's, then that's I, that's my last one, John. Is it your last one? I'll never, I'll never ever have Harmony. That's 34. <laughs> right. And so, you know, what I did, though, is I had to kind of grow in my understanding. Then I thought about times in my life, uh, sometimes with churches, small little churches in the Central Valley of California where I grew up, where if we had had just one person that had harmony, and that was this natural, quick, powerful, transformative, genuine strength. They're not faking it, just that's no. How much that would have saved us grief as a church. And then I thought, okay, I got to change my whole thing. You know? <laughs> then I started kind of wishing I did have it, but I don't. <laughs> All right, so does that help kind of get an idea? Okay. Okay, now this is where, I told you we're gonna do a little bit of interaction. So this is where, and I'm gonna leave this to you as to how we wanna do this. If we wanted to, to divide into two groups, however you wanna divide, stand up or sit down or whatever makes sense with uh, social distancing, to just kind of talk with each other and answer, answer these questions. This is kind of just your first impressions. So what is your first impression about your signature top five and did anything in that surprise you? So just go around and let everybody just sort of briefly address those questions and then we'll, we'll keep moving. Okay, let's, uh, let's return to our seats if possible. And maybe kind of, this can be our little group for the whole session. Uh, we'll have some other breakouts. So th this is probably a, a pretty good time for just any questions that anybody might have. Uh, and we could ask question anytime, of course. But, yeah. 
Yes. My comment would be you should see a psychiatrist just as soon as possible. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You know I'm kidding, right? So Gallup, one of, the, one of their biggest focus on research is test, retest research. And because of this very thing, some of it um, is really hard to explain, um, especially for a lay person. But um, what they found statistically is, I mean, if you took it like when you were really younger, there is a certain point where they have a different tool for younger people, and then at a certain age, you just don't even try. So I don't know if that could be part of it, or um, a lot of times what they'll find is there'll be um, rearrangement in the top 10, um, and something might just barely drop out of the top 10. What, and that, it kind of goes back a little bit to the uh, trail sign concept I was trying to make. Um, and maybe just some of the limitations. So I would just say in cases like that, where you've taken it multiple times, um, I, I think they would probably say there is a right answer. And, and maybe you're gonna have to use the results that you have to kind of figure out what, what that is. So, but it is, it is a challenging piece of this, so the whole test, retest, or assessment, reassessment. Um, many people, I mean, people like what you've experienced, that happens, and other people be like, wow, it's just pretty consistent. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, that's about what I would say, but it is a challenge, for sure. Other questions? Okay, okay. How are we doing on time, Amy? 10 minutes. Okay. So this whole idea with the strengths, um, and one more thing I would say is this is a tool. I mean, if this tool is helpful to you, you know, then use it. You're, you're what's important, not this tool. And so if it's helpful, then, then great. Okay, so this is a process. Um, this strength building is a process, and we kind of have this little approach where we call name it, claim it, aim it. And um, so um, basically, in terms of naming it, it's just reading your themes, and we obviously can't do this now, but in, in your like top five, maybe underlining or highlighting just those things that really resonate as true for you. And then claim it, you know, so 
you know, does that, does that strike you as being true and where you embrace that and then aim it, um, start using those themes intentionally. And kind of another way this I am framework. So insight, which is appreciation, application, and then meaningful impact. Because really in the final analysis, what we really want this to do is be making an impact upon the growth and the health of this church, of this team, of the ministry segments that you are responsible for leading, are participating in. Okay, so I'm gonna to try to do this. We're gonna be kind of rushing a little bit, but we're gonna do uh, another exercise. I have laid out here up front four sets of photographs. They're the same exact sets. So there's four of the same set. And uh, what I'd like you to do is come up and look at them and, and pick one photograph that you think best represents your top five signature themes. This sort of a visual depiction or symbolically of what your top five themes are. And I would just ask you very selfishly to do me a favor. When we're done, give those back. Some people become so attached to their photographs that they, this is scandalous, but they steal them from me, right? <laughs> in church. And uh, if you could give them back and in the same um, pile you took it from, that would help me tremendously. So um, any, just go to any of the four, they're all the same. And then go back to your group, get back in your group, answer the top question on the back of the card, the photo card, and one of the four other questions at the bottom, your choice. I don't want to be like too stringent. The idea is to take one, but if you need to take more than one, then you can. Okay.